Thank you, Lord. Some of the biggest things that changed for me in my life was when I learned after encountering a heavy sense of God's presence and the fire of the Holy Ghost, how to then surrender things to him in moments that didn't feel very powerful. And it was in a moment like we just all had right now. I know that was very short, but God can speak to you and bring things to you in your heart where they're actually major things. If you just let them go, that that one thing, letting it go, would change everything in your life. The problem is, though, is most of us don't take time to really search out our own heart. Better than that, let the Holy Spirit search out our own heart. Everybody understand what I'm saying? This is so important to understand because if we understand the principle about freedom, freedom is not just about saying words. Freedom is about actual transformation. And do you know that if you were to go into a doctor's office and they were going to remove something off of your body that wasn't supposed to be there, but you were too fidgety to sit in the table of the operation room long enough for the doctor to get out the correct tools and remove what wasn't supposed to be there, that you're going to leave the doctor's office, though you had an appointment with the doctor, still with a thing that was an abscess or a growth that wasn't part of you. Do you understand? This is what happens in church. People come and they hear a preacher. They hear somebody. They listen to awesome music. They go to a Jesus culture concert. I love Jesus culture. They go to an awesome Hillsong concert or whatever. I love all that stuff. But in the midst of going to that stuff, if we're just doing it for the opportunity to go to a concert and we're only seeing that stuff as how the world sees it as, oh, they're just singing songs and, oh, they're just doing that. We're not actually going to encounter the Lord. We're not positioning our hearts to receive and let God be God and us be the creation then we're going to leave the same and live the same that we came in, but we're going to think that things have changed. See, some people will get around certain groups and they'll feel like anything's possible because they're around people that talk about anything's possible. But then when you excavate yourself from that group and you spend six months without that group, all of a sudden stuff became impossible again. Why is that? It's not because the fact of the matter, things being impossible changed or things not being impossible for God changed. It's that you were riding on the winds of somebody else's breakthrough and not getting your own. You were riding riding on the winds of somebody else's heart that's been changed and not allowing God to change your own. You were riding on the coattails of somebody else's anointing and not spending time alone with the Father getting your own. Now the anointing is good. Preachers, teachers, pastors, all this stuff is good. Because for times like this, it challenges us to change. But if we don't jump into the operating table and then stay there long enough to actually change, nothing changes. Do you understand? I know this is very simple, but it is extremely powerful for the longevity of your life. Amen, Tanner. It's going to change everything. Just walk the process. Amen. Tanner's an awesome man of God. God's got him through a process just like he does all of us. And the fire of heaven is coming over you. And the Lord says, stay and I will exalt you. Stay and I will exalt you. Stay and I will exalt you. Stay is not just a command for little doggies. Hello. 
I love um, my dog Spencer. I had to put him down in January. And, man, he was a good stayer. But then as soon, as soon as something else caught his attention, he was a very bad stayer. He was like, squirrel, you know. He's like, off on the next thing. And that's because sometimes his natural senses drew him away from what his master was commanding him to do. Not knowing that his master had a great plan for him. I was his master. Jesus is ours. And sometimes he's telling you to stay, but your natural senses and your own desires are drawing you away. And then you're blaming the devil. We need to learn how to get our hearts changed and we need transformation. Man, this is, I'm, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord right now. Hallelujah. How many enjoyed Pastor Andrew's word on Tuesday night, encouraging yourself in the Lord? Wasn't that awesome? It's powerful. Powerful. We love you, Pastor Andrew. I know he's going to, he's probably watching this right now. He's probably commenting right now, so I just, I just, I just propped him out in the spirit. He probably said a comment right now, and I just propped him right there. He's like, love you guys. I'm like, I love you, Pastor Andrew. Hallelujah. Everybody open up to Luke 18 real quick. Hallelujah. Is it okay if we do announcements and giving at the end? Is that okay with you guys? I'm our, we're already flowing. Is that okay, Bex? We're already, already flowing right now, so I just don't want to jump out of this. I feel like God's got something amazing for us tonight. And everything up until this point, I had no idea any of that was going to happen. But it kind of just tied into what I feel like God is saying to us this evening. And in this evening, I believe that doors of transformation are going to open over every single heart that's ready to walk through them. I was praying this morning and I saw doors being positioned over people. And I saw clouds being positioned over people. And in the clouds, I saw these ginormous keys, and they were literally dangling over people's heads. What I see in the Spirit with that is that God is putting something within our reach. And if we'll learn to see, and then we'll have faith to grab it, we're about to enter in to a new room. Amen. How many need to walk into a new room in their life tonight? I know I do. Some of those rooms might have different names. Listen, who cares about the name of the room? Let's just get into something new in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's fresh oil for today for everybody that wants some. Amen. We need to get position in our heart to receive. And we also need to get a position in our heart, like I was saying during praise and worship, how to actually pull and how to push and how to tap in. Amen. So I encourage you to let go of everything in your, actually, let's pray right now. Let's pray together out loud. I want you to respond out of your mouth. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I want you to believe. You don't have to pray this prayer if you don't want to, but I encourage you to. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that tonight, everything you have for me, I would receive it. I put a, I put a pull right now on the things of the Spirit that you have set apart for me. For this night, in this day, in this church, in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, to speak through Jeff the word of the Lord. And I remove every preconceived idea and every doctrine that would try to block me from getting me something that you want to get to me tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just threw in that last one just in case. Sometimes we don't understand that our belief systems keep us from encountering Jesus. I am not Jesus. I'm a vessel. But sometimes our wrong believing keeps us from receiving. 
if I set up a treasure chest on this stage right here and it had a billion dollars in it, nobody would care what the treasure chest color was. If it was brought here by Christopher Columbus or Martin Luther King, they wouldn't care about who brought it, what it was contained in. All they would want is what's inside. But some of us, we don't treasure the gospel the same way. We don't treasure the message that desires to flow from a vessel. I understand I'm not perfect. I'm like you. We're all human beings. Hello. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Let's all get over our mistakes and let's trust Jesus. Let's get something from the Holy Ghost tonight. Let's dig into the word. Let's get a fresh oily word from heaven and let's all partake of it together. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus name. Open up to Luke 18 if you would. Did I already say that? I'm catching up on my own preaching right now. Hey, I'm just following the Holy Ghost. I promise you. I, I'm going to be. In, I'm interested to see where we're going to end up tonight. Hopefully, it's somewhere good. Hopefully. What did you just say? Come on, that's faith right there. I said this on. I think it was two Tuesday nights ago. I long for the day where I come into prayer meetings in Orange County and in Huntington Beach, and before a spiritual coach gets up on a stage to hype everybody up to pull on heaven, heaven's already been pulled on for hours, and we just come in and like, oh my gosh, God is here. That there would be a cry in the bellies of believers that is shaking the heavens before a pastor or an apostle had to come and release an anointing over a crowd. Do you realize that you are that crowd? You can shift heaven. Anytime you want. You can pull out of heaven anything that is a promise from God. And you can do it whenever you want. But some of us believe that we can't. And some of us believe that that's weird. Get over those beliefs. Amen. That's faith. That's just faith right there. She's clapping. She's just entering into faith. I'm just showing you guys examples of faith. Jonathan, entering it. Jonathan, you're an amazing man of God. I see you with a teaching gift that God is going to download inside of you, that it's already a seed inside of you, and the bare, the bare minimum of the egg has been cracked. God is going to use you as a teacher of the Word of God. He's going to give you revelations in the nighttime. And as you spend time in the Word of God, I see God unveiling scriptures to you that jump off the page into your spirit, and you begin to see great truths of the gospel that right now you feel confused about. And God says that I will raise you up to teach other men, and I will raise you up even in marriage ministry, that God wants to use you in marriage ministry with your wife, and that God will release fresh oil upon other husbands and wives and show them and walk them through even great seasons of loss that they too have had. The Lord's going to use you, brother. And all you got to do is believe and stay. You just got to stay under it and let the word of heaven come and just churn that fire. Just like sticks rubbing together. Listen, friction is a good thing when you're trying to start a fire. Some people don't like to get rebuked and confronted, but they're cold. Do you realize that sometimes God will use a rebuke and a confrontation because he desires you not to be cold anymore? He's trying to start a fire. See, see, in the, in the Western church, people are afraid of preaching sometimes that's confr confrontational. But Jesus was a very confrontational preacher. But at, he was doing it through love. 
We've contorted love in ways that we think that it is, and we've been preached what love is by a TV and a sitcom and a movie instead of reading about what it is in the Word of God. Love is not about goosebumps and ooey-gooey little feelings and saying everything's okay all the time. Love is as much in a spanking as it is in a kiss. Hallelujah. Sorry, i got to take a drink. I'm a little dry right now. And let me tell you this, another encouragement. If you feel dry, that's the perfect way to be for a quick fire to start. So those of you that have already disqualified yourself and say, this is too heavy for me, bro. This guy's way too crazy. I mean, look at his eyes when he starts staring at people and profiting them out. I hope he doesn't call me out. I just sinned last night. Is he going to see my sin that I had last night? Probably. I was just being honest. I have seen it. But listen, this is how to use wisdom as a teacher and a preacher and a, and, a, and a prophet of God. God does not reveal to embarrass. He reveals to redeem. God ain't going to embarrass you, but he will confront you. And he will challenge you. And he will say, this is where the line is drawn. Please, with everything inside of me, don't cross it. Because it's for your good and your safety. I'm already good. God speaking here. I'm good. I created everything. Everything holds its existence in me. I'm trying to keep you from hellfire and destruction. Just don't cross the line. Amen. See, the confrontational thing has to come back into the church, not by beating people up with the word of God. See, understand if anybody that knows me, I do not beat people up with the word, especially people that have one-on-ones with me. If I correct you better believe there's a lot of encouragement and love and safety in that, in that conversation. But if I don't correct, God's going to hold it over my head because I didn't confront sin in somebody's life that was there to kill them. Right? we got to get faith and fire back into the pulpits of Orange County and in the Western Church that isn't afraid of losing people in a sanctuary, but they're okay with losing them to hell. I don't care if everybody leaves when I preach as long as there is a confrontational word that saved their soul from eternity in hell. I would rather have a thousand people running from me when I'm preaching my guts out and I'm telling them the way. There is only one way and it's narrow and the wide path is to destruction and have one person respond rather than have everybody in Orange County stay in my church and them all on their way to hell. And my pockets are full because the offerings are big. You cannot serve God and serve mammon. We're afraid to lose people. Listen, if God gave you a church, he's going to make sure that the ministry stays according to the blessing and the favor and the faith he gave for you to lead it. So just preach the gospel and preach it with some passion and some fire because the world ain't afraid to preach their gospel. Why are you? Now, understand what I'm saying. Those of you that might be freaked out again, I always hit this because I think some people read me wrong sometimes. The way I'm preaching right now and the way I'm speaking right now, I am speaking to territorial stuff in the spirit. You understand? I am not mad at any single being person in this room. 
But if I don't dictate the wisdom of God to the spiritual beings in the territory, then those beings will stay on the throne in this territory. But I got to lose my fear because darkness trembles at the name of Jesus, like the song saying. See, we can't just sing the song and then not confront the devils that are confronting us. Those devils are there to kill you. Listen, lust, pornography, all that stuff, sex out of marriage, it is there to kill you. Stop playing with it. Going to bars and clubs and getting drunk, it's there to kill you. Stop playing with it. Gossip, lying, slandering other people, being critical and judgment and loose with your tongue, it's there to kill you. Stop playing with it. Do you understand? All this stuff is not just like, oh, there's grace, brother. No, that stuff is backed by devils that are trying to kill you. See, if we saw in the spirit, when Elisha prayed for his servant and his eyes were unveiled, and he got scared because he was like, oh my gosh. At first, he was like, oh, all the enemies against me. And then his eyes got unveiled and he saw all the angels and the host of heaven. If, I, if our eyes got unveiled to what, what the devils were behind, some of the stuff that we just let familiar spirits roam around in our house on a daily basis, I guarantee you a lot of you would do some real quick spring cleaning in the Holy Ghost. You would, be, you would get out that flipping, you know, I don't even know, the Dyson vacuum, whatever the strongest one is. Just something to suck some stuff out. You would get that thing out and you'd be like, man, there's all kinds of dust in this house. Let's get it out of here because it's there to kill you. But when we don't talk about stuff like this and we just go, oh, you're going to make it, brother. You know, just, you know, stop trying to sin as much. No, pray that you would have a desperate anger after that sin and that you would hate it. That's how I prayed. And guess what? The sin that so entangled me and seemed normal to me and that the TV and the movies and everybody, even friends around me that I went to church with said, oh, yeah, this is normal. I know we're in a mixed meeting right now, so I can't be vulgar. But with the guys, I say it straight as it is. And I just tell it how it is with stuff that we think is all okay, And we just think this stuff is like normal for guys to do. Listen, it's not. It's there to kill you. And it's there to choke off your anointing. You want to do ministry? You are going to be choked off in your anointing if you're playing with all this lust stuff and all this other stuff. And then you're going to actually burn out worse than if you never entered into ministry because you're going to hate to be around that stuff. You're going to hate to feel the way you do. But internally, the thing that is hating what it feels like you're feeling, it's a devil. And we need to get delivered from that stuff. Amen? Sorry, that was all. This I'm just flowing in the Holy Ghost right now, just hitting stuff in the room as I feel it. But I think it's important for us to... If we don't confront this stuff, then we think that it's okay because it doesn't get confronted. Right? Right? It's just simple. Now, I know I'm preaching to awesome, fiery warriors of the kingdom that are ready to take the nations, ready to take Huntington Beach, so this is accepted. But if you go to a a, a normal, like, kind of churchy type of place, a lot of this stuff, a lot of people will call you super religious. They'll say that you're saying all this stuff and you're condemning us. Listen, no. That's just conviction from the Holy Ghost saying, don't be a part and married to sin. Sin is wrong. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. But the wages of sin is still death. Amen. So we gotta we gotta confront this stuff. And you can't always rely on someone else to confront it for you. You need to learn how to confront it yourself. And that's what I'm talking about, the coattails. You see, some of the some of the guys will get around me or they get around Andrew and they start to see like, man, why does that guy have boldness against this? Or why do they pray like that? Listen, it's not a show. This stuff is happening behind closed doors when no one is watching. That's why there's strength. 
It's because of time spent, because of getting pure, because of getting rid of devils that we were under and now being submitted to Jesus, who is Lord. And now we help others to do the same. But if your only desire is to feel good, then you'll come close enough to feel good in the moment, but you won't come closer to actually get free. And then you'll leave thinking something's changed because you learned that I said a couple of scriptures that I believe. It's not about just knowing the scriptures. It's about letting the scriptures get your heart to a place where it's ready to burn on the altar. Surrendering. Amen. Listen, let me just encourage you. I know that this is just straight up and it's like, uh, you know, you feel like an ant under the magnifying glass with a little Timmy, like trying to burn the answer like, ah, but you know what? What's wrong with being in the light? Why have we gotten comfortable in the dark? Let's get in the light and let's stay in the light. Amen. You guys are probably at Luke 18 by now. Hallelujah. Shatarababa. Father, speak to us tonight. I thank you that you already are, but just continue to speak to us. Let's let, let things change tonight, God. I pray, Father, that hearts would be changed tonight. That they wouldn't just hear words and try to memorize scriptures, but that actual transformation of heart would take place tonight. That mindsets that were there to kill us would be destroyed and we'd be renewed and transformed in the spirit of our mind. And we begin to submit to you fully in every area in Jesus name. Amen. All right. I'm going to start in verse 18. I'm going to read two accounts in Luke 18. The Lord spoke this to me when I was at home after I had prayed this morning. I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to preach tonight? I felt like there's a lot of stuff I could teach on. But like I've said before, I want, I want something today that's fresh for me, not just for you. You understand? And what I mean by that is that it's good to reassure and preach and go back to stuff that maybe we've learned before. But most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, I'm seeking God for God. What do you want to say to us today? What do you have for us today? Because if we get a rhema word from God, that actually launches us into complete deliverance, transformation, glory realms, all that good stuff. But if all we're doing is just getting a repeat and a repeat and a repeat, it's like a broken record, then sometimes we get dull in the spirit because we don't hear what God's saying today. Amen? <clears throat> so this is where I'm at. I'm in Luke 18, verse 18, and it says, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was rich. Let's jump ahead to Luke 19, please. I'm going to read the second account. Then I'm just going to see what God wants to say to us. Luke 19. The Bible says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. Hallelujah. 
there is an open door for those of us that are short as well. Praise God. There's no height limit in the kingdom. Shatarabaka. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who was a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he has also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Two accounts. Both men. Both rich. The rich young ruler comes and meets Jesus. You could turn back to Luke 18 if you want to check this as I'm, as I'm talking about it. And the rich young ruler came saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now nobody was keeping the rich young ruler from seeing Jesus. Yet Zacchaeus, as soon as Jesus called out to him, he had all types of complainers and murmurers and like, why is Jesus going to stay in the house of a sinner? Yet one got a response from Jesus that brought salvation. The other got a response where he turned away and was not following Jesus at all. So many voices start speaking up as soon as Zacchaeus comes and Jesus asks to stay with him. The rich young ruler, nobody challenging him. He just comes and he's able to have an audience with the Lord. Does everybody follow me so far? Both men, both rich. And if you want to press in a little bit further, tax collectors in that day, as far as the people were concerned, were looked at as like just real evil dudes. So Zacchaeus did not have a lot on the checkmark list of thumbs up, Jesus is going to come and it's going to be awesome for you. He actually had all of the check mark boxes, socially, religious, all that stuff against him. Yet there's one major difference between how they approached. You guys ready? The Lord showed this to me and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just awesome. Like, I want you to understand, this is already in my heart. But when stuff that's already in your heart and you see it in the scripture of how God responds to people and how he's taught you, it makes you just like fireworks go off. and You're like, woo! It's awesome. Look at the difference. The ruler came saying, good teacher. So what am I saying? The ruler already had a predetermined value on Jesus. A predetermined name a predetermined ideology of who Jesus was. Look at how Zacchaeus came to Jesus. Verse 3. And he sought to see who Jesus was. He was going to let Jesus show him who he was. No predetermination. All he wanted to do was see the Lord. 
all he wanted to do was see who Jesus was. All he wanted to do was encounter Jesus and then let Jesus determine how he was going to encounter him. And the rich young ruler, in his predetermined value, gets a response, an immediate rebuke that actually would have opened the door for him to have an encounter with Jesus. Look, verse 19. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Listen, the rich young ruler came up to Jesus and said, good teacher. How can I have eternal life? How many, by a show of hands, think that that's not really a bad thing? He's just coming up to Jesus, good teacher, right? But Jesus was looking deeper than just words. Because there was something behind the rich young ruler that still had a hold on him. Verse 19, so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Jesus rebukes him right away. But then he says, verse 20, he gives him an answer now. So he's being gracious with him. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, the rich young ruler now, all these things I have kept from my youth. Now he's going, well, Lord, I am good enough to come. Because everything you just listed off, I've kept it all the way through my youth. I'm telling you, this is going to help somebody tonight. But verse 22, so when Jesus heard these things, now he's giving him a second opportunity to change his mentality, to change his beliefs, to change and start submitting. Give him a second chance. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the rich young ruler heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was rich. This is what I want to present to you guys tonight. When we predetermine who Jesus is through religious encounters, through theology, through our past experience... Through our circumstantial evidence, all we're going to get is a response based on what we know. And because of the position of our heart, there's still going to be stuff that is still holding on to you. And God still requires that stuff for you to let it go. But when you come to Jesus and all you want is to let everything go and just let him show himself as he already desires to show himself to you. My goodness, there's an immediate response. Look at Zacchaeus' response. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Both of these guys were rich. But Zacchaeus, because he came encountering the Lord as the Lord desired to encounter him and didn't have a predetermined value, his treasure was already coming out before Jesus ever had to ask for it. Meaning he was ready to let go of everything. Jesus didn't have to ask. You see, now this is the key. This is one of the keys to coming to the Lord. You see, there's times in my life where there has been, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a time in my life right now that's a little bit uncomfortable. I'm just going to be honest. But here's what I've learned with the Lord. That seasons of discomfort should not shift my heart 
from still coming to the Lord and letting him show himself powerful and glorious and magnificent and me not predetermine what's going to happen. I'm just going to say, Jesus, I just need to meet with you. But some of us, we get a little bit too high and lofty. And we get up here and we've all, I've been through this one before. And we go, oh, God, I see how you can come through this area, but through that area, I don't understand. We choke off God from encountering us. Because we're just not coming and letting go of the very thing that he's going to been that he's going to and been requiring of you the whole time. Some of you may ask, what's that thing? Everything. Everything. That's what he requires. Full surrender. You see, some of you might have got saved because somebody said, oh, if you get saved today, everything's going to be awesome. Jesus is going to come in. He's going to sweep the house clean and everything's going to be beautiful. It's going to be glorious. No, 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 no. When Jesus comes in, that's when all the flipping devils start showing themselves and you actually find out that, holy crap, there was some darkness in my life. Now we need to battle this stuff. Normally when Jesus really comes in, that's when you see the boy tossed to and fro in the water in the fire. You see the manifestation of great Things that have bound you finally come out of hiding and show their ugly face. But here's the encouraging thing. Jesus already defeated it, and he calls you more than a conqueror through Christ. So you don't have to be afraid. You are victorious. And we need to learn how to endure. The Bible says endure to everybody open to James 1. We'll go to James 1, so that way I can give you guys some keys. How many want some keys tonight? I'm going to give you some simple keys. A lot of you might know these keys. I didn't write these down, but I'm just feeling like God's saying right now, go ahead and show them some stuff that you do. And a lot of this stuff, a lot of you guys already know, but I'm just going to, I'm going to remind you how Peter says in second Peter, he says, I'm reminding you of things that I've already taught you and trained you up in. And I'm going to keep reminding you until the Lord calls me home. And it's going to be soon because he's already shown me. But I'm going to just keep reminding you of the things that he's already shown me to show you so that way you don't lose faith and you fight the fight and you go all the way, not just half. Amen. It's endurance. We must understand that we are in a race, that we're in a fight, that we're in a war. Anybody that tells you otherwise is lying to you and I'd probably be waiting for them to ask for a little bit of an offering after they give you that statement. If you just give tonight, brother, you're going to be blessed. So into my ministry. Just commit to a thousand a month and God's going to bless you. Hallelujah. Shut up. Listen, God can bless, God's, God is way bigger than somebody getting a thousand dollar a month commitment of an offering to bless you. Really, what you really need to understand is that you need to surrender everything. And in surrendering everything, God's actually going to make you a real cheerful giver. You don't need to sow an offering because somebody said sow an offering to get a blessing from God. God has already blessed you. But when you surrender everything, God actually makes you a real cheerful giver and you give everything. It's awesome. So a lot of times we get kind of tickled in our ears because people say certain stuff and it sounds good and they make a couple of scriptures go together and then we start listening to everything they say. Listen, search the word of truth out for yourself and find what is right and what is wrong. 
I challenge everybody, everything that I ever tell you, preach to you, whatever, go and challenge it in the scripture. And if you see something different, go ahead and have an honoring conversation with me and we'll hash it out in the Holy Ghost. Just be ready with your sword, baby. Because I ain't listening to no devils. I'm ready to fight. I ain't afraid. But I'll have a conversation with you in love. But if it's a doctrine of devils, we're going to fight. Listen, homosexuality is wrong and it's a devil. Homosexuality is wrong and it's a devil. Homosexuality comes from a spirit and that spirit is backed by people's own desires of the flesh that have drawn them into that thing. Because if you read in the scriptures, in the scriptures it says, I have given them over to their own lust. So the men will sleep with men and the women will use women in an unnatural way that they were not created. That's in the scriptures. I love people. I hate the devil of homosexuality. And I ain't afraid to say it. Listen, the Lord has shown, I have had encounters with people that I didn't even, I didn't even know that certain stuff happened in their life. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge and showed to me what happened when they were a little child. Word of knowledge. The fire of God comes over the person. They get touched. The oil of heaven falls and they get free of devils. But it's not always a devil. Sometimes it's also getting rid of the devil and then starting to make right decisions. See, it's not always a devil. Sometimes it's just decisions because we're listening to our flesh and our desires. And listen, homosexuality is, a, is a, as big of a problem in the church as gossip and slander is. So it's no different. But I ain't afraid to talk about homosexual demons needing to get cast out and people needed to walk out in truth because I ain't going to stand here and let a homosexual devil decree what the word of the Lord says is completely wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Some people might get mad at what I'm saying right now. I don't really give a flip because I am with Jesus, not with you. The problem is, is that a lot of people want to be with people and they don't want to be with Jesus. We're not going to have homosexual relationships in heaven. There's not going to be a homosexual devil allowed past the gates of eternity in heaven. But they are going to be allowed on the other side. Just as is all the secret lives of pornography and sexual sin, it's all the same stuff. It's devils. And we need to stop thinking that that stuff is okay because we've been listening to the television and the movies and directors and producers that are not submitted to Jesus tell us what's right and wrong because we see it looks nice in, you know, what's that? There's a show on TV, Something Family, or I don't even know. I don't watch those shows, so I don't know. But I know that there's something where it's like there's homosexual uh, parents and it's like, oh, well, they're loving the kids and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. They're loving the kids. But that devil of homosexuality still needs to get cast out in Jesus' name. Just like the lust devil needs to get cast out. And just like you need to surrender all the lying and the gossiping and everything else. It's all the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? We just, we got to get bold in the Holy Ghost and stop letting the world dictate what God has not allowed us to be okay with. Amen. And I am, I am, I am strong with what I'm saying right now. Because in this territory in Southern California, there is a, there is a, 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 it's like this okay thing where it's like all this stuff that people, that you will have people in churches that put people in positions of authority that need to get deliverance. And then those people begin to teach out of a place of their heart still needing to get free. And all those devils get into other people because they're teaching doctrines. Do you get what I'm saying? 
This is how important it is. And then you'll have a whole church movement where they're all not surrendered to God anymore, but they've created a wooden image in whom they worship. Listen, you can build a wooden image and call it Jesus, but Jesus is alive. He ain't dead. And every wooden image that comes into the prince of God is going to fall over just like Dagon did when the ark came into the temple. We need to get fiery against these flipping devils. I'm telling you, you can see that I am serious about this because I care about your soul for eternity, not just for you being in a sanctuary today and, you know, hashtagging what I said and like, oh, Jeff did an awesome night tonight preaching. Oh, he said such a good word. Listen, I don't care. I'd rather you get free of the devils and live and be surrendered to Jesus and go see the nations transformed. Amen. What else are we here for? Sorry for yelling. I love you. James 1, are we there? What time is it? I am so blown in the glory right now, I don't even know what time it is. All right, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up, so just hang with me for a couple more minutes. The Bible says in verse 12 of James 1, blessed, everybody say blessed. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That is an amazing scripture to highlight, save, tag yourself, remind yourself. Listen, temptation is there not to destroy you, but to promote you. I'll say that again. Temptation is there not to destroy you as a son of God. It's there to promote you. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And guess what happened after he succeeded the temptations? He came out in the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. He was promoted into his ministry to where now he went and destroyed all the works of the devil. Some of us, we're in seasons of temptation right now. Temptation, sometimes I think people understand it as it's only sexual stuff. You say the word temptation and it has this cognitive thing where it goes towards like lust and all that stuff. Listen, you need to get over bowing to the temptation to gossip and slander people. You need to get over the temptation to lie. You need to get over the temptation to not be honoring and excellent and living a godly lifestyle where people look at your life and they can't find anything evil in it. Hello, that's, for, that's in Peter. The Bible says to live such a godly life, to live such a clean life that the unbelievers will look and where they try to sift you out and find something wrong, they go, man, this guy was actually a really good, holy person. That's what, that's the, if you want to have the benchmark, that's the benchmark in the New Testament in First and Second Peter. It talks about all that stuff. But we're okay with like, well, Jesus understands. Does he? Does he understand? Why did he die? To get you free of it, not to counsel you while you walk in it. Jesus died not so you can be counseled while you host familiar devils that you prayed to get free of, but then you keep allowing in your house every day that you get a desire. He died and shed his blood so you could be rid of it and then help others to be rid of it so they can help others to be rid of it. It's discipleship. Amen. Come on. I know this isn't a shout me down hallelujah message, but you know what? It actually is in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, sons of God know what the truth is. And when they hear the truth, their heart starts to reverberate in their chest. And they go, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been looking for. I've been listening to a watered down, unholy gospel. And I'm ready for the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn in my belly. 
You think the devil's scared of you while you can preach a message up here? And I'm going to say stuff that I've gone through. You think the devil was afraid of me preaching up here while then afterwards I go home in the next week and I'll be looking at pornography? No, the devil's like, I got him right where I want him. He thinks he's doing all this stuff for the kingdom. But when he goes home, he's got chains that he's got to respond to. And I'm his master. Because anything, when you're in sin, the Bible talks about whatever you obey becomes your master. When you come obedient to sin and you become obedient to that fleshly lust and that desire, you become a slave of it. Now, Jesus already paid the price for you to get free. But I'm trying to show you how to walk in freedom for the rest of your life, not just for a spiritual six-month sprint. I'm trying to show you endurance. Your temptation, listen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had it right. Some people are trying to feel good about everything in life, and if God doesn't respond, then they throw in the towel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had it right. They said if God delivers up a reason, if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. Now, here's what's powerful about that story. The very enemy that was there to throw them into the fire because they were obedient to the Lord and didn't bow to the devils that were trying to get them to bow their knee and worship them. The same fire that the enemy had produced for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to get consumed by, consumed the hands that threw them in. Your temptation is an opportunity for promotion in the Holy Ghost. It's an opportunity for promotion in God. It's an opportunity for you to look in the eyes of those that have shackled you for the last 25 years. And as they're throwing you into that fiery trial that you're feeling all around you and it's tribulation and it's, oh my gosh, I can't get rid of this thing. And you're just going, I'm not going to bow. Hallelujah. And those hands are throwing you into the fire and you walk through that fire rejoicing in the Lord and rejoicing again in the Lord. And again, I say rejoicing in the Lord, no matter what your circumstantial evidence says, those hands that are throwing you in the fire, they're about to get consumed by the fire of God. And those chains are going to fall off. But some of us, we want to live more comfortable and we don't want to bow. I'm telling you, this is the wrong way. The right way is endurance in the Holy Ghost. It's when everything's against you, when everything's yelling at you, when everything's saying this is it, you're still going, I'm not going to bow. Because I've already bowed my knee once and I'm not bowing it again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Does this help somebody? I had, a, I had a lot more scriptures I want to get into, but it's getting late. And I think we've hit the nail quite a few times on the head, and some of your heads are sore. And hallelujah, amen, that's okay. Because Jehovah Rapha is your healer. So even if you got a little bump on your head, it's going to get healed anyways. Hallelujah. Listen, sometimes through a surgery, there's a little bit of swelling. But praise God, isn't it awesome to get rid of the thing that was not supposed to be in you? So it's okay to go through a little pain to have surgery to get rid of something that was there to kill you. Amen? Come on, Nicole. You ready to rock this? You ready to rock this, Nicole? And Jesus, Everybody extend your hands to Nicole right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray the fire of heaven over Nicole right now. God, we make a declaration in the spirit right now. This is a worshiper and a prophetess in the spirit that you have decreed for this hour. And I don't care what the enemy has tried to set against her. 
it is breaking in the name of Jesus. Every chain and bondage in the flesh, in the soul, in the spirit, we come against you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we say, let every chain be unloosed. We speak healing over her body. We speak healing over her soul. And we say freedom in Jesus' name over Nicole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Guys, this is, this is what we need. We need to all be rocking and socking in this to where it just becomes normal. Where you're, where you're so fiery in the Holy Ghost, you're a little bit scary to normal Christians in Orange County. Listen, there's going to be a new normal Christian in Orange County, and it's going to be one that's got a fire burning on the top of his head. And everywhere they go, they're ready to call the fire department because that place is coming down, baby. Shatarabaka. Sorry, I just get a little, I just get a little, I get, I get, I get, I get, I get, I get. I get Tourette's in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody stand on your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Just lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. Now tonight, normally, something like this, somebody would probably pray the house down right now. But I feel like God actually wants to fill you up for everything that just got actually con contended and confronted in the Holy Ghost. So I want you to lift your hands right now. And the Holy Spirit is going to touch every single person in this room that just opens their heart to the Lord. And I want you to just receive the grace, the mercy, and the peace of the Holy Spirit right now. Father, release your peace right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that not one, that not one that truly wants this God will be lost that every single one of them will receive the freedom that their heart so desperately desires. And I pray, Father, fresh strength in the name of Jesus. Come on, just receive that strength right now. Just let it come into you. Let the strength of the Holy Ghost come into you. This is not by might and by power and by theological reasoning how this stuff happens. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one strengthening you in the moments that you desperately need him. And you need to learn how to unleash all the stuff inside of you so he can fill you up. And this is part of it right here. Receive the strength of the Holy Spirit right now. Father, I pray strength over every heart right now. Father, I declare right now in Jesus' name freedom over every single person right now. Demonic bondage right now is breaking in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Demonic doctrines, I command false belief systems to break off of people right now in Jesus' name. False grace gospels and other things that have contended against the true righteous word of the Holy Ghost. I command those things to die right now in the name of Jesus. Every word that has been spoken that has been grace without transformation. I command those seeds to come out of people's souls and out of their minds right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you would deposit a fresh seed, a fresh word, fresh oil into their hearts right now. That is nothing but complete surrender to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray strength, strength over every single one of them, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would strengthen them in their inner man. The same strength and mighty power that you used to raise Christ Jesus from the dead. I pray that it would strengthen every single person's inner man right now. And that the fire of the Holy Ghost will begin to burn in the spirit over every single person that desires it right now. In Jesus' name. And let that fire consume every single attack, every accusation, every single bit of a lie from hell that would say that this is not possible and you can't receive it. In the name of Jesus, we come against the voice of accusation right now. In the name of Jesus. The, book, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the accuser was cast down out of heaven. 
that the voice of the accuser was cast down in heaven. And the Bible says if you have surrendered to the Lord Jesus and made him your savior and you have been washed in the blood, that no voice of accusation can hold any contempt against you in the court of the Lord God. So accusations die right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom over every single person. Freedom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep receiving for a moment. Some of you might just need to out loud, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up afresh right now. Just begin to let Him touch you. Let Him show you things right now that are changing in your soul and in your spirit. I believe some of you are actually going to be, or might even be having visions right now of things that are completely, completely being destroyed. Others of us are being challenged right now. And that's totally good because the Lord is actually positioning you to lay that stuff on the altar. And as you lay it on the altar with sincerity, that stuff is going to burn in the fire of heaven. And there's going to be freedom that comes to your soul like you have never known. You're actually going to start to see power and strength in your own spirit that is going to take you into a greater level of understanding, but more importantly, intimacy with the Father, because a lot of us struggle with intimacy with the Lord. And a lot of the struggle with intimacy with the Lord is actually because of devils and demons and familiar spirits that we are harboring in our own hearts, that we're, that we're in agreement with. And we need to cut that stuff out because the Father has already shown his love for us. So we just need to, we need to actually completely divorce every familiar spirit that's plaguing us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus.